Hi, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Two Drunk Fans. It's been a long week. Six games. No rest. Gab, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm hot rehydrating. I'm replenishing my fluids. Um, that was a fuck ton of matches. And we got to do it like four other times this season. So drinking, drinking some water. Had a cider with dinner, but now I'm, I'm on to water. What are you enjoying this fine Monday evening? I think this is strawberry watermelon seltzer by Polar. Uh, by Polar? By the manufacturer, Polar. <laughs> I was like, you think this is... Polar water. Polar seltzer water. All right, all right. Like all an right, ice bear. Right, you know right. what I'm talking about? Is it delicious? Yeah. You know what? I made a mistake with the flavor. I love watermelon, but I don't like watermelon flavor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the artificial watermelon flavors. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, but I'm not going to waste seltzer. What did you do? In this economy? A case or a no, bottle? just one bottle. Oh, you're not too bad. <laughs> I didn't want to commit to a full case before. You know, I hadn't tried the flavor before. You know, I we all know to... that you have commitment issues. It's fine. Oh, my God. It's fine. I'm trying to ease back into the dating pool, okay? Just own it. Just own it and be okay with it. And when the right seltzer comes along, you'll go to Costco and buy a whole pallet of it. I'll be honest with you. I'll probably Amazon Prime a whole pallet of it. Oh, yeah. I forget you're in Boston. I don't have a car. None of my roommates have cars now either. I don't have a car and I go to Costco all the time. Yeah, but how close is your Costco? I don't know, like 20 miles. Jesus Christ. Well, how do you get to the Costco then? I, I, borrow, I borrow a car. You asshole. <laughs> you, you think I walked to Costco for No, I paper? was like, maybe Portland has some weird, like, direct to Ikea public transportation or something. Or Costco. I mean, we do, we do have direct to Ikea public transportation. We even oh have a fucking train stop right at Ikea. Um, but no, no, I have yet to find, actually, no, I take it back. Uh, I could, I could make it to a Costco on one bus from my house because wow. it's over by where I used to live. It's my, uh, Owen Wilson. Wow. 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 All right. Let's just dive right in then because oh, that's this... what she said. I wish there were six games this week. Two of the midweek games, which meant uh, three of those teams did not get much rest before the weekend again. Wednesday, first game, North Carolina Courage 1, Seattle Rain 0. We're going to the predictions. Uh, I said North Carolina would win this 3-1. You said they would win 2-1. North Carolina was like, nah, we're just going to not be quite that good, but still I win feel like I feel like North Carolina just was like, um, we're not going to we're not going to put the pedal to the metal. Yeah, it was a Jess McDonald goal in the um, second half, like a breakaway kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I at least it was. I thought it was pretty watchable, though. Even though it was only a one-zero game, there there are watchable and unwatchable one-zero games. You know. True, true. You didn't. You weren't like clicking on other sites while you were watching this one. No, I. Was, um, and yeah. and I feel like that's the case with uh the courage and the rain, just in general. Mm-hmm. There are some teams in this league that you will tune in and they will always put on a nice show. And there are some other teams in the league that just kind of are on the low simmer. I'll say this, like North Carolina had a second game 
But I, the thing that I kind of came away with after this weekend is Lynn Williams kind of needs to get calibrated right. She's still a threat and works well in the North Carolina system, like that kind of relentless, you know, I'm we're going to get you, we're going to get you one way or the other. But uh, she doesn't seem quite calibrated yet, which is fine. It's week number four. She'll probably get there. Yeah, we just gotta gotta give it time, kind of like the attendance. Just Ooh. gotta give it time. Yeah, we will talk about attendance after we plow our way through the rest of these games, because I think it needs mentioning. You just want to fight me on it. I want to fight you on a lot of things, but we'll get there. Just wait your turn for me to fight you. I refuse to fight you with tacos. Oh, we'll get there too. Second game, <laughs> second midweek game. Um... Chicago Red Stars 3, Houston Dash 0. This one, you know, womp womp on me because I was like, maybe Houston will surprise us and win one nothing. Although you <laughs> said you said Chicago would only win one nothing, and it was and Houston was like, no, actually we're worse than you think we are. Three nothing. Yep. And you know, I I want to take this moment to just remind you that I put Houston at the bottom of the table by the end of the year so did i i'm pretty sure i did if i don't i don't think you did i think you were trying to convince me that houston was going to be better than they actually are if i was trying to convince you houston was better than they are i was trying to convince you that they might be eight instead of nine that's the most maybe like maybe i i need a i need to pull up my own spreadsheet and figure out what who or maybe you know we just go back and listen to the mm -hmm. first episode of the season where we predicted where the teams would fall at the end of it. But I knew Houston was going to suck this year. Well, sorry. Okay, so let's let's look at Houston a little bit closer. Because the big change, so losing Carly Lloyd, obviously. I think another big change is signing Monashim and then switching Mewis and Daly into defense. And then Vera Powell brought in some players from the South African national team. And, and Vera herself. And Vera herself. Uh, here's a minor mystery, which is that apparently Lisa Cole has not been seen on the Houston bench. Dun, dun, dun. Despite, you know, before the season, she's supposed to be an assistant coach. So um, I think people on Twitter pointed out where she, what she's doing right now. So it, it might just be that she has like some schedule conflict or something. I don't know. What is she doing right now? I don't know. I said I saw people on Twitter, but I don't know. I mean, you can't half-ass report like that. I I, I can half-ass anything I want. This is America. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Um, Curse of the Breakers strikes again. Mm -hmm. So uh, our friend Ange in Portland. Um, well, shoot. Well, shoot. Ange uh, says that Lisa's still listed as assistant coach, but. Is it from her public account or her private account? No, it's it's the the Houston Dash's own PR info. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and if anybody knows what Lisa Cole's specifically doing, and if it's related to the Dash, then let us know. Cause maybe she's maybe she's scouting in Australia. Where in the world is Lisa Cole? <laughs> uh, scouting in Australia is probably the coolest thing she could be doing. Mm-hmm. Well, here's a question for you. So, possibly Mewis and Daly need to be moved back up. Like, Rachel Daly, I feel like 
can sometimes be one of the top three players on the field for Houston from game to game. But if you push her back up into her striker role, who's going to play right back for Houston? Like, Oh, that's a tough one. Because their last sub list is Agnew, Faulkner, Bianca Henninger is a goalkeeper, it doesn't matter, Latsko, Murphy, Nichelle Prince, and Weatherington. I admit I'm not fully familiar with some of those names, like the the kids they're kind of bringing up. I mean, I kind of want Faulkner just so I can hear the commentator, like Glory Lindsay saying Faulkner all the time. <laughs> um, I would pay. I would pay money for that. I just want Lori Lindsay. I want to go through and pick out a bunch of names and just have Lori Lindsay read off the list. Mm-hmm. I mean, in against uh, Orlando, apparently they had Murphy subbing in, and she goes into right back and once again pushes Daly higher. So it's not like Vera Powell's not thinking about it. Like, oh, maybe if I need to. Because they're trying to push for that equalizer with Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was also the game they got Kaleo high back. So difference between the two games. Maybe she senses Daly and Ohio more valuable than having oh, Daly in the back. That, I bet you that's it. Yeah. Wait and see. Wait, Wait and see. see. It's only week four. We got 18 more crazy weeks ahead of us. I'm exhausted just thinking about it. I mean, happily exhausted, but exhausted. Hey, we, we've got an international break coming up in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's a game for you to talk about because you had some feelings about this. Portland Thorns, Washington Spirit, 1-1. Oh, God, it was just painful. It was painful physically. Like, it was painful to see Sink physically get hurt like that. And it was also painful to watch Lindsay Horan fuck up a PK. (laughs) That she had to take because Sink was hurt. That she had to take because Sink was hurt. Yeah. Oh, like I, I in, thought Portland should have what like the seventy fifth, like close to close enough to the end of the match to for it to have been you know a game winner. Yeah. And oh god, like the number of PKs Haran is taking the rest of the season is like in practice, like not even in practice, like when she's just at home you know she's just going to be taking PKs. Mm-hmm. She's going to have that ball attached to the string, attached to her wrist. She's not going to be doing any more stutter step run-ups, probably. Oh, God. I thought she was going to fall. <laughs> just so embarrassing. I, I really thought Portland was going to... They were going to find a ba- breakthrough in the last 15 or so minutes. Well, you would think Tobin subbing in would be more of a game game changer than it was. Not necessarily. She's been out for so long. I thought she actually did about as well as you could expect, given how long she's been out. Did you not realize she is a wizard? You need to not lower your expectations when it comes to Open Heath. Ah, she is a wizard. How do you, how are you feeling about this this three five ish two kind of formation or it's it's like a three four two one sometimes yeah i i have puppies because our defense while they're fast they're not always smart (laughs) but i really like what the midfield can do when there's a little bit of possession and a little bit of momentum um i do wish we would stop playing long ball soccer uh over the top soccer as often as we are um but you do see these moments of brilliance and it's like, let's more, more of that, which I feel is just the position of any team's fan of, you find these glimmers of 
brilliance and you're just like, can I have 90 minutes of that? And rarely do you get rewarded. On the flip side for Washington, Mal Pugh is clearly, she's already, I think she's set, she's ready. She doesn't need to, you know, get calibrated or whatever. I think Ashley Hatch is pretty much the same. Andy Sullivan, though, is having a slow start to her season. That's what it feels like to me. Yes. I think she needs a little more help in there. I, the, the primary criticism I had of her when she was getting her first caps with the national team was that she definitely looks like a kid who's just starting at this. She's a little slower on the ball. She's a little slower with her decisions than everyone around her. So maybe she just needs to adjust and come up to speed. My worry is if she's also looking like that at a club level, you know, is is she ever going to come up to speed? I hope so. Because I, I think when she's good, she's pretty good. She's a, she's a very good, she's a very good option for us. I'm just worried about her being able to consistently, you know, be much faster on the ball. We'll see. It's almost like sometimes she just isn't in control. Um, it'll be it'll be interesting to watch her mature. I hope she matures. Yeah, it'll be interesting. You, I personally don't think of the NWSL as this league that players mature in because it's so fast, it's so physical, and they don't really get the space to like develop the finesse. And you see a lot of the players go to Europe or to other countries to kind of. Um, be able to play with that type of space. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Andy Sullivan would benefit from like a good year in Germany. She would hunker down quite a bit. Mm. Yeah, I do remember the two of us talking at the beginning of the season and you thinking Washington was going to suck and me saying, I don't think they're going to suck as much as you think they're going to suck. And I stand by it. I really, especially when, not if, when Rose Lavelle gets healthy. Please God. Like, I deserve this. You've been you've been on the Roosevelt hype train for years now, and I'm not going to do anything to scoot you off of it. <laughs> but that's a big if. I just, I just, I need this. I need this win. You know. Um, I know you do, but there are talks in your future. Next game: North Carolina Courage two, Utah Royals two. What a fucking disaster of a game. Didn't we just talk about Carolina? Their midweek game, yeah, when they beat Seattle one nothing. I know, it's just it's yeah. ridiculous. At least they didn't have to travel. They got to play both games at home. Right? Yeah. What is going on with Utah? I don't think they've won a game yet in four games. Let's think about some key positions on the Utah team. Um, Sabron and Corsi as center back pairing. They're doing okay. I, I think Corsi is doing mm-hmm. a pretty good job, actually. Um, O'Hara in this game, a little bit stranded. I think if you can get O'Hara pinned back on that side, they were also playing Katie Bowen and Katie Stangle, and those two are not really powerhouses. Uh, in the midfield, they're relying on kind of this Desi Scott, John's daughter duo. I think Jan's daughter is okay. And then up top, she's kind of starting Lola Bonta, Brittany Ratcliffe, and then using Diana Matheson and A-Rod as subs. Maybe things will change around when that switches and Matheson and A-Rod are starters, and she can use Labonta and Ratcliffe as subs. I, I, I think it's unfortunate that they've had this rough start because Abby Smith went to Utah, and she's one of my favorites. 
and I really think she should be looking at the national team pool, although... You're not probably, when you whiff a ball like that. That was a big furt, but oh, let's God. look at that. It was so bad. It was, it was so bad. Utah could have won that game. That could have been yeah. their win. And that furt... Utah... Utah could have been the first team to beat North Carolina this year. Like, imagine the momentum that Utah could have had. Imagine what they could have been. That would have been great if they go home riding on a win against North Carolina, but now... Right? In North Carolina. Like, people don't win in North Carolina often. (sighs) The attendance figure didn't win in North Carolina either, but we're getting to that. The scoreline, I think, kind of reflects poorly on them for letting Utah in. I mean, they just had the Stengel header because of that huge furt between Rowland and, I think, her her defense. And then Ratcliffe with that rocket, which really nobody else could do anything about. Yeah, Utah really, in the end, should have won this, but North Carolina should have put it away much sooner. And in the end, neither of them got three points, so good job, guys. Right? It's, I mean... Yay, North Carolina didn't win three points, and neither did Utah, so I guess that's kind of okay for the standings, but oh my god. Like, it was it was the match of just do something. I wonder if Utah's going to follow Orlando's path where their first season, they're just trying to get everything together, so the results on the field aren't coming, but then the next season, things kind of, you know, start clicking. The engine starts turning over smoothly. Is that... Orlando's path or is that Seattle Rain's path? I don't think they're going to be all as bad as Seattle Rain. Like, I'm, I mean, uh, I'm just saying. Laura Harvey has a uh, MO. You're right. That's true. That is the common factor. That first season was rough for Laura Harvey, but um, and I don't think another team is going to tank quite like he, quite like Seattle did, but yeah, I would say that Seattle wrote the book on that. The thing is, though, that was literally the first season. Laura Harvey's first year as an NWSL coach. And now she's in her sixth year and she's got a roster that came to her, you know, with a good chunk of it having experience together. It's, it's not necessarily apples to apples there. She inherited Vlatko's amazing masterpiece. It may, maybe, though, it's a case of, so if somebody gives you a car and they're like, the cars run beautifully for me, but the problem is they were using the car to commute to and from work, and you need the car to go off-roading. Maybe, but I would not recommend off-roading on Seki, Seki, Seki Bowerstrom, Becky Sauerbrunn. Seki Bowerstrom. I don't know how that came out of my mouth, but I it did. I think Sucky Powerstrom, isn't that the guy that Marvel hired to play Doctor Strange? I, you would know. Okay. You would know. I, my, my issue is Utah has three points after four matches. They're right down there with Houston and New Jersey. Now, New Jersey's only been playing the three, has, has only played three matches. But it's just like, come on, like Laura Harvey plus Becky Sauerbrunn. I don't understand how they're not winning more. But I really don't want them to start because Portland is traveling there on Saturday. Hmm. We'll see who starts. We'll see. Because a fully healthy A-Rod and a fully healthy Diana Matheson are going to be difference makers for you over Ratcliffe and Labonta, I think. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. So the next Mm. game, Chicago Red Stars 
one. Sky Blue FC, one. Hmm. Talk about a boring match. It was boring, but I do want to point out, I predicted this exactly. I said 1-1. What did I say? 0-0. Well, I predicted the boring. Yes, yes, you did. I completely called the boring. I remember us arguing about it last episode. You were like, 0-0, and I was like, 1-1. You're like, how is that different? It's still a tie. And I was like, well, they're both going to get their shit together just enough to at least score one goal each. And that's kind of what happened. It's just... uh, I hate... I hate... I hate when teams, when there are bottom teams. Actually, both of those goals were extremely not get-your-shit-together goals. Oh, totally. I mean, one of those goals, the golazo, the Huerta was Shross. ridiculous. Yeah, in the first minute. Yeah, what even happened? It was a Shross. Well, I know that, but, like, it's... I can't believe it was in the first minute. Hmm. And then McCaskill had to come back with that deflected shot in the 78th. But you know what? McCaskill... So, so to a certain extent, both of them had a little luck helping them. But they both... You know, there there was also an element of talent and skill going in. Like, Cuarto with the Schross. And then McCaskill, if you see the move she takes, she cuts back inside. She sees this big gap opening up between the center backs and shoots into it. And it's lucky for her, obviously, that it takes the deflection so that it slips past the goalkeeper into the side netting. But... At the same time, I thought it was a great move, and I think McCaskill's going to have a season that we need to watch, regardless of what Sky Blue's results. Like, she's a rookie, and I'm not expecting her to drag Sky Blue to some kind of result by herself, but she plays every game with the kind of effort that says she wants to. Do you think Carlos is going to have an impact on Sky Blue? She didn't in this last game. I know. that's I'm seriously concerned. I think over the course of a season, maybe. Like, once you look at the whole season, it'll turn out, like, on average, she's better. Just statistically, she's a little better. But, like, I haven't seen anything super special from her yet. Nope. Not yet. But we're only four games in to a 22-game season. Not even super special, though. I haven't seen anything, like, pretty good from her yet. Nah. Not consistently pretty Car- good. Carly Lloyd uh, shows up when she wants to. It's going to have to be some really important game where it's like either you get the three points or you're knocked out of the top four. Right. And then last game of the weekend, Orlando Pride 1, Houston Dash 0. I thought this was a little less boring than Chicago Sky Blue, but I also wasn't like completely riveted. A little bit. I thought Houston Dash brought some energy to this game. Yeah, Houston wasn't as lethargic as they were in the midweek game. Maybe it was that they got energized because Kaleo Hyken, but that's not true because in the first half too, I thought they you know brought a little bit. Um, I thought for a while they might you know snake a little result out from under Orlando's feet, even though Orlando kind of was dominating them in passing and possession. Yeah, Orlando, Orlando definitely has a home field advantage, but. Um, you know, when you think of climate and all that, Houston is matched for them. What I thought was most interesting about this match was actually the attendance. This was a Sunday, uh, nice weather, attendance 3,890. So the thing that gets me about attendance for this one is... Orlando... So in NWSL, we get the reported ticket sold number. Mm-hmm. 
So Orlando has fewer than 4,000 season ticket holders. Because every season ticket holder ticket is going to count as a ticket in attendance every single game. That's concerning. This is Orlando's second home game. They had home opener in week one against Utah, and attendance was 9,017. So one-third of the fans who were there for that showed up this weekend. A little over one-third, 38,890. So approaching, what, like just under a half or something? What, sure, if you squint. If you want to be generous. Like, more than a third, a lot less than a half. <sighs> I don't know. It's There's, so he- like, real way to do the math there. You know what? <laughs> Fractions aren't a science, Liz Lemon. <laughs> Little more than a third, but way less than half. So, there, there is a little bit of context here. Apparently, um, it was raining all day, basically right up until kick, and then it finally cleared up in time for the game. So it looks gorgeous to us, but like weather was shit there all day. So I, I guess that might have depressed numbers a little bit. I can see that. But even if it drove off like 2,000 people, or like even if only half the people showed up, actually, then they would have had 6,000 plus... They would have had 7,600 if only half the crowd showed up. So yeah, that I would actually, I would actually be happy with that seventy six hundred. What would be a good number you think for Orlando's second home game? I mean, I would, I would love between six and seven thousand. Orlando's second home game and Alex Morgan is there. Marta's not though, not yet. Between between six and seven thousand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At least over five. Come on. Right. Like five. Yeah, way well over five. Five thousand that's like Houston Dash numbers. Yeah. The other numbers this past weekend, so North Carolina, first game against Seattle, three thousand eleven. Their second game against Utah, which was finally the weekend game, was still only three thousand nine hundred five fifty eight. Yikes. So not great, Bob. Their home opener was not much better. They had the Portland Thorns there. And yeah, it but was... the weather was shit. Yeah, again. that's true. Oh, you're right, though. I forgot that was about the that. really, really cold one where the courage were like thanking the fans for even coming out, and yeah. I was blown away. Yeah. All right. No, you're you're right. We gotta like discard. We gotta discard like the first three weeks of attendances because like climate change fucked with weather in almost every city in America. Like... I know you're just now experiencing spring, and I'm dying of allergies. Yeah, I'm um. That's true. It is only now just spring, and it's going to fluctuate still this week. So thanks, corporations that pollute our beautiful earth. I don't know. Thank you, everyone who burns and drives and everything. Like, it's everything. It's electricity. I mean, I could go on a massive rant on individual versus corporate impact, but we're running out of time. We got to talk about other stuff, too. What else do we need to talk about? We gotta do score predictions and maybe talk about a little bit more about attendance and mm, all right. All right, all right, all right. I think. What do you think? Not a lot. <laughs> the, here, here's the here's the one the attendances that I really didn't like. It was Chicago Red Stars hosting Houston. So the midweek game at Toyota Park, two thousand three hundred twenty seven. Okay, midweek oh, game. It's just painful. And for Chicago Toyota Park for a big stadium. Chicago has had some shitty ass weather as well. Like, and then once again, Sky Blue FC on the weekend attendance twenty four thirteen. It's barely they got less than a hundred people more out at Toyota Park. It's like. What's the bare minimum attendance required? 
I don't think there's a required minimum attendance. No, I know, I know. But like for us, what what what's the minimum? What what's the number that doesn't make us cringe? For Chicago? Sure. Considering there it's a long history, although we saw with Boston Breakers just because you have, you know, continuous yeah. history going back through WPS yeah. with your brand. I also don't necessarily think that MLS attendance is going to be any kind of indicator of women's team attendance. Um, even if they share the same owner and facilities, it's just not. It should be. There should be more crossover, but there isn't. Which is an interesting marketing study for later. A, a good number out at Toyota Park, which admittedly is apparently not super easy to access, even though it's a nice facility. Yes. If, if the weather's good in Chicago and it's a weekend it should be four thousand that's a number that I think I wouldn't cringe too much at I I was gonna say five I mean I wish but you know I I cringe when Toyota Park is less than five Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in Rutgers your sack I uh maybe maybe I lower that number at thirty five hundred um at Houston it's probably four grand like, I'm more perplexed by the... What's going... Like, how does Houston survive? Good question. I don't know. They've got Oscar De La Hoya money. I... Right. <laughs> oh. It's not bathrobe money, but it's something. It's just... It's going to be... It's going to be interesting when NWSL... What do you think the next point oh is? Is it 2.0 or 3.0? I think it's 3.0. I think we're kind of in 2.0 right now. Yeah, I would say NWSL 3.0 is going to be when Mia Hamm joins the league. Maybe, maybe. That LAFC, that Barca money. Right. Here's the thing, though. So we keep talking about MLS investing in how it helps with the fixed costs because of you know facilities and staff and stuff like that. But at the same time, MLS audiences are not crossing over in NWSL. Even in Portland, I think I saw you talking about this or somebody from Portland talking about this. They have great attendance, right? But the crossover between Timbers and Thorns fans is really not as much as you think. Correct. It. Uh, I was not talking about this, but that, that was a topic over the last yeah. weekend. So that Portland Thorns attendance seems to be like genuine thorns attendance it's not timbers fans who are like supporting portland regardless it's people who are specifically prioritizing the thorns yeah i would say 80 80 percent of the people in the stadium are that i think 20 percent are folks who are still exploring mm-hmm. are still you know hey i'm gonna check out check this out or hey i i you know this is the match that i got a voucher for yeah the question then becomes for me are there elements in Portland that are possible to duplicate elsewhere? If they are, then what are they? And if they're not, then how do you compensate for that? Can you compensate for that? You know, I don't know, man. I mean, it's it's one of those things. It's just like women playing sports, and how do you make that normal? I really right. It's, it's do... the normalization of of this thing that we talk about week in, week out. Yeah, I want a deep demo study of Portland's audience. I want to find, like, the top ten most cited reasons why people are going to Thorns games. And then, you know, sub-question, like, if you're going to Thorns games, are you also going to Timbers games? If not, why? 
Why are you prioritizing yeah. the thorns? I know people yeah. have also talked already about, you know, Portland is not a saturated sports market. So maybe there was room already for the thorns to capture this market that was just waiting. But I don't. Well, I, I think I think a lot of the room to capture a market has already been kind of established by what it, what's happening up on the bluff with the University of Portland and what has been happening for the past 20 years. Hmm. You know, like women's soccer is not new in Portland. That's true. Um, and so I think it's it's something less to sell. Like people in Portland are aware of most of the big names and they're also aware of the ebbing and flowing of a soccer team um what some of those dynamics are and really understand like it's it's a smart soccer city i just i think that you i i think that when we start looking at demographics and when we start pinpointing you know do you like the thorns do you like the timbers do you go to games? All those different things. Then, then you actually start also taking the economy into account. Uh, to go to a Timbers game is almost, you know, to get the cheapest of the cheap seats, it's thirty bucks. To go to a Thorns game, it's thirteen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it it just it becomes this thing that's more appealing to take your family to a Thorns game, not because it's family friendly, like. I think I think the Riveters and the Thorns have done a really good job of not creating this like picnic atmosphere. That also brings up some people have mentioned, you know, it's too expensive to be a regular supporter of both teams, which is fair. So some people have to prioritize. But that makes me wonder, should MLS teams that, or or teams that have a men's and women's side, should they be offering joint options? Like can you be a Timbers and Thorn season ticket holder for, you know, a price that's less than if you got the tickets separately? Is it going to be better to get that, you know, that payment locked in from a customer as opposed to hoping you get either a Timbers or a Thorns? Like, is it going to be enough to make up for, uh, I don't, I don't think you, that, that offering that package is going to create losses elsewhere. I could see it creating losses. I mean, at the end of the day, MLS clubs set their prices so that they can do certain things, mm-hmm. right? Um, so let's take let's take Chicago for an example. Chicago is a really unique um, situation because the MLS club, the Chicago Fire, does not have any ownership over the uh, Chicago Red Stars. Yes. Chicago Red Stars are utilizing the facility and and you know you would assume paying rent and paying paying all of the facility use fees associated with it. Um now I question how profitable it is uh for the the fire to be renting out the facility to the Red Stars when they only have, you know, 2500 people at a match. But maybe maybe that's a way that the fire are trying to grow the game is by allowing them not to play at, uh, you know, Benedictine college or wherever the, uh, the red stars were playing a few years ago. But if the fire are trying to make money for MLS, I would actually consider it belittling if they then just kind of threw red star tickets in, you know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. 
Like maybe, maybe you are saying, you know, for like, let's say that your MLS tickets cost $350 a year and maybe for an extra hundred dollars, you got 20, 24 tickets to see the Chicago Red Stars. Maybe, maybe that would be worth it. I, I think it just depends on how you market it. Because obviously the way you put it, like we're just throwing in the Red Stars in there, it makes them feel like a women's auxiliary. So the marketing has to be very balanced between this is a joint ticket option. Like if, if it's a season ticket option, it's like this is a joint, for example, Thorns and Timbers options. It's not you're buying a Timber season ticket and you get a reduced price Thorns ticket. This is a, a, a joint package for both teams. Very careful right. marketing. And- but, and unfortunately, and fortunately or unfortunately, the Timbers are a bad example for this because you're not going to be able to just buy a Timber season ticket. But that's why I'm looking at Chicago Red Stars as an example of uh, like a potential spot for an example or the Houston Dash or the Orlando Pride um, where and I don't think Houston actually has. I don't think the Dynamo have a lot of season tickets that are available. So it would be Orlando and Chicago are the two markets and maybe Utah where you could do some sort of experiment like this, where you're looking at, you're buying tickets for the MLS club and the NWSL club at a reduced price. And both clubs and both administrations and both whatever are okay with seeing a little bit of the profit margin go down, but in a sense, you're growing the game. Now, while you're talking about price, I've actually heard people say, I don't have the time. Mm-hmm. to go to that many games that's also fair here's here's something that i mean you you t- you you talked to about like if you buy fire tickets then maybe there's an option to get like a flex pack or something for chicago red stars i think one way to help make sure the marketing doesn't make it seem like the red stars are an add-on is to also offer the opposite first of all where, like, if you buy Chicago Red Star season tickets, you get the fire to agree to also sell fire flex packs uh, that come with your Red Star season tickets. Because it's in their best interest, if the Red Stars are tenants at their stadium, to get as many people in there fucking buying concessions and shit. I actually really like your idea where if you buy fire season tickets, you get a discounted option. Maybe not for Red Star season tickets, but, like, here's some options for flex packs so you can try out the red stars. Maybe we can hook you. And then maybe next season, you're also buying red star season tickets. Right. And, and you give, and you give them an option to, you know, like some sort of 5% off your season ticket next year or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of things. If only the fire are willing to work with the red stars in this specific case. Right. But then you, you need to look at the other MLS, NWSL stadiums and say, Hey, are there options here? Like, I don't know what the final, I think it was something like 8,000 for real or for uh, the Utah, the Royals. Uh, I think, I think the final number was something like seven or 8,000 season ticket holders. Yeah. They had a pretty good final number, but that stadium can hold like 20. So do you run a similar option? Stadium hold twenty, but I mean, think about how long they had to actually run marketing and then sell tickets based on how oh. quickly they got the team started. I I, I agree, but look at what's happening in Orlando, mm-hmm. three years in, you know. Or I I I just I don't want there to be a woulda coulda shoulda 
situation when something is brand new. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, the teams, especially that have joint ownership, are thinking about ways to maximize that synergy. Hopefully, God, hopefully. Instead of, you gotta hope there's an adult at the wheel somewhere. Instead of, you know, a situation where maybe they treat their women's team like like a like a pet you're trying to abandon houston <clears throat> yeah did you hear about this family that gave away their family cat and the cat walked like 11 or 12 miles back to them and then they took it to the shelter and were like will you put the cat down no i was like that cat that did... cat loved you so much yeah you all deserve to get clawed in the face multiple times what a bunch of sociopaths Right? Like, dude, that cat, that cat worked really, really hard. Fucking heartbreaking. Anyway, we'll see how attendance, you know, rolls out the rest of this season. Um, Maybe it'll hit an upswing, not that the weather is finally not, you know, soul crushing. Mostly. Well, mostly. I mean, we're still, we're still due for a few shitty days here and there. Yeah. Next weekend of games, it's going to be a doozy because usually they're at least spread out, right? Friday, Saturday, or Saturday, Sunday. Nope, this time all four games, one day. A little bit of overlap here between two of them. So they're at 3.30, 7, 7.30, and then 9, all Eastern time. Oh, I think I'm going to the 9 o'clock one, aren't I? Uh, Portland hosting, no, Utah no, hosting Portland. Utah hosting Portland. Yeah. So that's 6 p.m. Yeah. your time. You can just go to the bar and have dinner and watch the game. Well, I mean, it's or it's Utah, so it's not exactly like going to the bar is super easy. You're <laughs> tailgating before Utah games. There's uh-huh. a cool little like um, dirt lot right down this hill from the stadium, and so you just tailgate in this lot. But they charge you like twenty bucks. You're going to physically in be in Utah for that game. I will be in Utah for that nice. game. Yes. Okay. Yes, that's that's what I'm saying. Is I'm going to be drunk in utah for that game (laughs) all right well let's do some score predictions then oh boy but we'll we'll build up to portland because it's the last game of the night oh like always (laughs) god that 10 p.m eastern time kickoff this past weekend was such a killer i mean not for me i was like a midnight no problem but you know everybody else right like i can imagine that's that's tough for people not you (laughs) Who have normal sleep schedules. Yeah. I am, like, already tucked in. I'm so ready to go to bed at a decent hour tonight. All right. I'll be up for probably, what is it? It's 11.15 right now, so I'll be up for another two hours, minimum. Yeah, it's 8.15, and I'm going to try to stay awake for two more hours, Mm -hmm. maximum. All right. We'll, we'll, We'll burn through these score predictions. So Houston... Oh, I'm I'm not in a rush. Oh. It's not going to take us two hours to do this. Okay. Name your sex tape. Uh... Houston Dash hosting North Carolina Courage. Now, remember, North Carolina just played a midweek game and then a Saturday game. And now, I mean, they're going to have a week in between, but they do have a little more time on their legs. And Well, Houston also played a midweek game and a weekend game. So they're even. Whatever. Cancel each other out. Go for it. They're not even like so. North Carolina is doing the thing that North that Paul Riley teams do, where they just run over folks until they have some sort of stumble, mm-hmm. and they're gonna have a stumble and the like the least convenient time, probably week like 
12 or 15. Mm-hmm. Um, but until then, we just have to brace and hope for draws. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to hope that Houston can do something to put two goals into the back of the net. And I'm going for a two to two scoreline. Two to another two two tie? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm going to guess. Two nothing for North Carolina. Sorry, Houston. Well, so I'm okay with my two two scoreline uh-huh. because uh, if it's four to nothing, I'll still win. Wow. Okay. That's you're like really playing the numbers here. Yeah, I am. Okay. Okay. Washington Spirit hosting Chicago Red Stars. God. Um, I'm upset with them for I'm I'm more upset with the Thorns for the draw on Friday night, so I shouldn't take it out on Washington. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say Washington three, Chicago Red Stars one. Chicago's been slowly pulling it together over the past couple weeks. Washington, I'm not sure. Hmm, I think this will be actually a decent game though. I'm gonna say two two for this one actually. Wow. Yeah. So wait, what did you predict? We're going to tie on score, though, if it's a four to nothing match. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. said I said Chicago one, uh-huh. Washington three. Yeah, that's what I thought. All right, let me put that in correctly. Name my sex date. Uh, <laughs> Orlando Pride hosting Seattle Rain. Oh, it depends on if Meg Rapino is back because she was out with a hamstring injury. It really does depend if Megan Rapino is back. How... How weird is it that one one player has such an impact? When you're playing like Megan Rapino is right now. Ugh. Remember when Megan Rapino was out for like an entire season? Mm-hmm. That was rough. That was just, rough. It like made her stronger um, than ever. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say, is Marta back? No. Maybe. I'm gonna say one to nothing, Orlando. Okay. Yeah, so much depends on like on who's back. So judging by the status quo now, g- given the information that we already have. As of Monday. I'll... For a match happening on Saturday. Yeah. I'll say 2-1 to one for Seattle. I-, I actually have no feel for this game. I-, I just, I don't fucking know. I have no well, feel for this, it. This is going to be the one that you're going to knock out of the park. Oh, maybe. And finally... Utah hosting Portland. Come on. If they if you're right and they're following the Seattle Rain track, at some point the switch is gonna flip and they're gonna beat somebody. Seattle Rain did not beat anybody that first season. No, they went sixteen winless and then their first win that season was Boston Breakers. Yeah, they've gone four winless. Okay. Two to one Portland. Okay. It's closer than I thought you would make it, actually. I'm going to actually say 2 nothing for Portland. Oh, God. Uh, you make me feel like such a bad fan. <laughs> no, you're not a bad fan. You just have more respect for Utah than I do right now. I think I do. And the fact that French being healthy is up in the air. Uh-huh. It's worrisome. Okay. Well, those are our score predictions for next weekend. Four games, one day. If you make it through that, more power to you, because that means your day is starting at 3.30, well, 3 if you tune in for pregame, and then it's ending a little after 11 Eastern. That's, you know, solid eight plus hours of soccer, 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 soccer. 
we should have a name for this. Like the perfect storm? Something. There should be a name for the day. The day... Every time NWSL does this shit to us, it's like, say goodbye to your liver. <laughs> uh, temporarily, I'm thinking of it as the perfect storm. It's the marathon. It's like all the Venn diagrams overlapping, and in the middle, there's us. It's it's binging. It's binge. It's it's a woke so oh, binge. Oh, an NWSL binge weekend. That's right. really it's, good. It's a binge weekend. That's really good, actually. Right. Like okay. that. That is what we should dub. It's these. a binge watch weekend. Okay. Damn. It's not even a weekend though. It's like a Saturday binge watch Saturday. Yeah, but I mean, after that much, I'm like fucking ruined for Sunday. I just need to lie there and not think about anything. True, true, true. Recovery is a bitch. <laughs> the older you get, the harder it is. Oh man, I'm just happy we're not driving back from Utah until Monday. Yeah. Depending on the scoreline, you may or may not need it. We'll see. Maybe. We'll Maybe. see. We'll see. Okay. That's it. <laughs> I always I always am like hesitant for when are you going to stay with your recording voice and when are we done? I I have my recording voice and my normal voice is, it's it's not that different. It's not that different, but after 4 years I can tell a difference. Okay. Wow. It's been 4, four years. 2012? Is that when we started this thing or was it 2013? I feel like it was 13. 13 maybe? Okay. It's but at, dude, so it's been at least 5. Almost five. Holy shit. Yeah. We've known each when other too we, long. When did when did we start this? <laughs> we go through this every year where we're like, when did we start this? How long has it been? <laughs> and then we go back and have to look up, you know, like I think, old transcripts. I think it was stuff. like I think it was like February of thirteen. It was winter because we were in Texas Dallas. for a game. We were in Dallas again. Yeah. Was it 13 or 14, though? It might have been 14, because 13 was the first year of the NWSL, so I think it was 14. Oh, maybe. Maybe you're right. So, four years. That's still, so, this is four years. That's still way too long. Oh, God. I was like, oh, shit. We missed our fifth year. <laughs> oh, our five-year anniversary. Oh. Um, there, so, there are specific gifts you're supposed to give, traditionally. Five years is wood. Wood? Yeah. How did you know that off the top of your head? Because the Riveters celebrated our five year last year, and oh. so we gave players some rosewood okay. coin things. Yeah, so I actually had a reason for knowing that. Okay, so fourth year is linen or silk in the U.S. Oh, oh, you're getting some lingerie. No, actually, so the Chicago Public Library created a modern list, apparently, of <laughs> traditional gifts, and fourth year is supposed to be electrical appliances. Oh, you're getting a vibrator. I don't need one. I need a PS4 Slim or a new graphics card for my computer. <laughs> Just letting you know. <laughs> all right. All right. I might have to ask somebody else what those things are. 